2: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, June 27th. This is episode number 204. I am your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going?
3: Going good, Rod. How are things down your way?
2: I'm pretty good. Um, We actually got a little bit of rain. So, uh, yeah, and um, I've had a couple free meals lately, so I'm pretty... (laughs) yeah pretty happy about that so yeah yeah things are going good pretty cool pretty stoked so so yeah so let's uh let's bring our guest in get things rolling here our guest um coming back from uh we'll just say it's a long hiatus and we're talking this might be might be a record for the show he's last on in October of 2020 so we're going on 3 years this is Joey Myers you can follow him at jpm63504 Joey how's it going tonight
1: Oh it's better now that I'm talking to you guys <laughs> <laughs>
2: We appreciate that, and um, yeah, we were just uh, before we started, we were talking about how long it's been and how uh, how your life has changed in. We'll call it. Well, it's more than two and a half years, but yeah, two and a half, three years. So um, we'll uh, we'll get into some reasons why in that, but um, you know, the show's going to be a little bit different this time around for you, but. Uh, <laughs> um you were in school last time
1: and now you're out of school correct i graduated uh may just this past may
2: excellent so uh so what are you what are you up to now
1: uh right now i'm just working retail full-time i got a pretty good good gig doing that uh even though my degree is in sports broadcasting i'm still trying to figure out if i want to venture into that uh realm, or if I just want to, as much as it pains me to say because I spent money on a degree for it, but kind of do it more of a uh, hobby and do a podcast type or just do it on my own type of deal. Gotcha.
2: Okay, well, we're glad to have you back, and one of the main differences tonight is uh, you will be able to take part in the Blitz Beverages segment uh, from as far as what you're drinking, might be a little bit different this time, because uh, I think you, you said you think you were drinking a sweet tea last time, so... uh
1: Yeah, I think I was drinking an Arnie last time.
2: Okay. Well, why don't you tell us
1: what you're drinking this time? Tonight, I am drinking... It's called Blake's Hard Cider, American Apple. Okay. So, I'm a big cider guy, and... Uh, saw this at the store. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. So
2: So, so how's the apple?
1: Um, very apply. I, I could taste the apple a lot. It's, it's 8% alcohol, so
2: Okay. It's Is that a flavor you normally gravitate toward or do you go to other other fruits?
1: Um, apple and strawberry are my two top ones to go with.
2: Okay. I'm I'm not a big cider guy more beer guy, but I've had um and I I've, I've had a couple of pineapple ciders that were just really okay. Good. So so yeah, just curious if you if you like those or not.
1: Yeah, I I'd rather have any chance I get to have a cider beer, I'll rather have that than a normal beer. It's just I don't know. Cider I like a little bit more.
2: You know, whatever you like is cool. And this is a safe zone for beverages. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Jeff, is there anything you want to share with us during the segment?
3: Well, it's my, my new thing now is uh, flavored waters. So, you know, I'm kind of living on the edge here and, and making my own. Um, mm. So I'm cutting up some different fruits and vegetables and stuff and trying some different fruit waters with a little bit of uh, – Artificial sweetener in them at times, and just trying to be a little healthier, you know, with my beverage beverage choices. Um, but tonight it's just plain old water.
2: Ah, okay. Do, do you ha- do you have one of the pitchers that has the the thing down the middle for the fruit to go in?
3: No, I just kind of let it float.
2: You saw it float? Okay.
3: Yeah, you get the little chunks. That adds adds you know to the mystery.
2: Nice, nice. Not not bad. I like the experimentation there. <laughs> so, so guys, I'm drinking a neon beer hug IPA from Goose Island Beer Company. Um, pretty cool can. I tweeted this out, but it's it's a, it's a neon beer hug, but it's got a picture of a of a blue bear wearing sunglasses on the front. So it's kind of I guess supposed to be a play on words. So, um, Goose Island's a good brewery. So this this was pretty good. So uh, it says on the back, ten thousand volts of flavor. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty good. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll move on from the Blitz Beverages segment into some Browns news and notes and all of that good stuff. So. I don't know, guys. It seems like we keep recycling news because there's nothing out there. <laughs> Jeez. And, you know, I, I look through and what can we talk about? and it's like I hope oh. we're not
3: going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins again tonight.
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, <laughs> and the only thing I'm going to talk about is the fact that there's articles out there saying oh, Browns are still in the mix. Oh, well, Browns have made their decision on him that they're not going after him. Mm. I mean, I, I think my point there is, are people just – Writing articles just for the sake of writing articles about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> just taking one side or the other. Well, yeah. they might still be in on him, or no, they made their mind up.
3: Yeah, let's let's get Joey's opinion on DeAndre. Hopkins. Yeah, let's get Joey's already know thoughts. Mine.
2: <laughs> yeah, we know yours. We've talked about it like three weeks in a row. So, so Joey, where do you stand on DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, do you know? Would you? if there's any hope of him coming to the Browns, would you be in favor of it? And do you in fact think there's any possibility of that happening?
1: Oh, we'll hit the one with the, in favor of the Browns first. Um, or if he comes, I would be open arms. You know, I'd be, I think it add, uh, great talent. Um, someone that can be a game changer. And I think that's the Browns wide receiver. like, that we've been missing. Do I hope? No. Um, I think it will change the dynamic as much as as much success as Watson and him had. I think adding him to the wide receiver room is just going to make a you know a great wide receiver room right now even more cluttered. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I mean you could use those guys that aren't seeing the field as a trade piece but i mean we went out and brought in godwin more we have dpj who's coming off a great year all three of those guys i mean on a standard roster are wide receiver one twos and maybe a wide receiver three you got amari cooper i think if you would add hopkins somebody would have to go and i unfortunately think it'd probably be dpj
2: Yeah, I don't. Um, you know, we get right back to the wide receiver depth chart again, and kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but um, not too far. But um, you know, Marquise Marquise Goodwin was was named the the surprise camp standout by by Sports Illustrated, and I mean, kind of look good, and, and of course it's camp, mm-hmm. but. You know he's he's definitely trending in the right direction to where there's not really going to be much doubt as to whether he makes the team or not. So there's I don't I don't know how much room there is on this roster because you know Moore Cooper DPJ you know uh, you know Goodwin and and Tillman and you would think Bell are probably all making the team right.
1: And then you got Moore as well.
2: Yeah, apologize if I skipped him. Uh, what did you report I? Yeah, I mean that's that's six guys. So I don't know how many wide receivers you need. <laughs> Jeff, what do you what are your thoughts on the uh, on the uh, on the Marquise Goodwin? You know, being named uh, standout uh, camp player by Sports Illustrated. I mean. I know it doesn't really mean anything, but right. it, I think it says, it just says that he's fitting in well and doing well. And it kind of makes you think right. that there's l- less possibility of, of somebody beating him out for that spot. Right.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we, we pretty well know who the six guys are going to be at this point. Um, but barring an injury. So, I mean, it's good to see the chemistry taking place. Um, and that, that's what has to happen to, you know, get that kind of recognition is that me and Deshaun Watson have some chemistry. So that's great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. When you get into um, preseason games and you're, you're throwing a lot of balls to guys who probably aren't going to make the team. Um, there's always people who stand out, right. Um, because they got opportunities yeah. that they wouldn't get otherwise.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I think he probably got a lot of opportunities in, in camp in mini camp because, you know, other guys just weren't getting as many balls thrown to him or whatever, but I, I don't know, but, um, possible, yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is he going to get that many opportunities? I guess once the regular season starts is, is what I'm trying to say. And, and, I think the answer to that's probably no. He's gonna be rotated in from time to time, assuming he makes the team, but um it's a nice depth, depth piece and, and good to have his speed in, in the event that um Elijah Moore gets hurt or you know, something other other thing goes sideways. But um like you said, it really what happens in May Camp really doesn't have a lot of bearing on what happens in the regular season.
4: Not
2: not really. Not really. So so Joey, what what are your thoughts as far as how many how many reps you think some of these guys are going to get during the season? Assuming assuming these six guys are relatively healthy throughout um, the whole season, you know, I I, mean, obviously I mean, Moore and Cooper and DPJ are probably going to be your guys who are out there most of the time, right?
1: That's what I would assume. I'd probably assume there are three. Um, I think. Goodwin will probably end up being what we hoped in Anthony Schwartz. So probably the guy that, you know, you throw in the lineup, have him just run down the middle of the field, chuck him the ball, kind of like we had with Antonio Callaway when he wasn't, you know, doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's Um, still
2: doing, apparently.
1: Yep. Uh, I think he just got arrested recently.
2: I believe so. Um,
1: But, I mean – David Bell, I think we'll see a lot more of this year. Tillman, I don't know if he's going to be a project piece to see maybe what happens next offseason with uh, DPJ being a free agent, I believe. Um, So I could see him being kind of like a project piece, let him learn from Amari Cooper. And then, I mean, from there, I guess Goodwin would probably be, like I said, that over-the-top guy and maybe Mm. even a... You know our kick returner. That's if Jaqueem Grant does not make the team this year.
2: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I haven't looked at the uh, at the um, um, the lineup as far as the depth chart at kick returner. And I know that depth chart doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot right now either. But I know um, I know DPJ is probably one of the guys at that, uh, at that punt return behind jakeem grant um i mean they have Demetric felton there now i think but i don't know who the other guys are because i'm not counting on Demetric felton making the team um so i don't know who that third guy would be if it would be good one or one of these other guys or
3: the depth or, chart i'm looking at rod says um jakeem grant obviously First for both positions, Uh, DPJ Mm -hmm. and Jerome Ford are the backups for punt and kick return. Um, Okay. And then uh, the the third guy for both is uh, Jalen Darden. Okay. Which I I think he's a long shot to make the team. But, I mean, Jerome Ford obviously has some experience on kick returns last year, so
2: good chance you'll
3: see him there.
2: Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, Jalen Darden's a guy who some people are, you know, I've seen his his name on, the, you know, people thinking him, that he has a shot to make the team. I mean, he might be good. I, I don't know enough about him, but I just don't see how the team carries seven wide receivers, and I don't see the team cutting ties with David Bell, you know, after one season. And the rest of these guys aren't going anywhere unless they, you know, Unless they do move somebody, and I, I don't know why you trade a wide receiver for the season. I just that just doesn't make sense yeah. to me.
3: Yeah, it I mean, to doesn't. me, the only only one that makes sense is if you got a really great deal from somebody who wanted DPJ that thought they could extend him.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, um, I would agree with that. And,
3: and, and get you know get one full year out of him, and and sign him to an extension, and you know somebody who really fell in love with him, somebody a team that needed receivers for whatever reason. Um, you know, I, yeah. I could see them moving on from him in that kind of a scenario.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: If if one of these other guys looked so solid in camp that, that you know there's we're going to have a hard time cutting them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I, I would think that uh, that if they moved him, I would think that that would increase the role for for Tillman. Honestly, you know, I, not that not that the other sure. guys wouldn't get more reps, but I think Tillman would would see more situational, you know, more situational time um, with DPJ. Yeah, I tend J. to agree.
3: Yeah. yeah, I tend to agree. That you know, it's 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 a lot like you know, I was reading something earlier about when Nick Chubb entered the league. and you know, he was, who was he behind? I, I I forget it. Um, but Todd Todd Haley, Todd Haley wouldn't play Nick Chubb because he was a rookie. He wanted to play the veteran. Um, one of the Ohio state guys, I think we we had at that point in time, but anyway, um, you know, I think it's kind of a similar scenario that, you know, if you, if you really fall in love with Tillman and, you know, he looks like he's going to be the guy, um, Maybe you move on from DPJ just to give him the reps.
2: Yeah, let let him have, uh, you know, 200 snaps as a rookie or whatever instead of 20.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean,
3: it's a long shot, but I I think as far as, you know, late or mid-round picks for wide receivers go, I think he's got a better chance of that happening than the guys we've taken – In the two prior drafts.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would uh, would agree 100%.
1: That Ohio State running back was, I believe, Carlos Hyde.
2: Carlos Hyde, yeah.
1: Yep, that's who I was trying to think of. Thanks. Thanks,
2: Joey. And Carlos Hyde was a solid back. But I think most of us felt like Nick Chubb deserved more than three carries a game. Right. Which is what he got for, that's what he averaged for like those first, what, five or six games. Mm hmm. Until, until, um, trying to remember, it was really until they moved on from Carlos Hyde, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Was it mm-hmm. not? They traded Carlos Hyde before Nick yeah. Chubb ever had a game where he had more than 10 carries. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: it just didn't make sense. Right. Um, but yeah.
3: But that's not uncommon with NFL coaches. You know, they 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 want to play veterans. They they don't want to put their job on the line by playing rookies.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: Even when your rookie is Nick Chubb. So okay. <laughs> yeah. What can you say? What can you say, guys? So, um, so I came across an article, uh, by Aaron Becker with a yard Barker, um. I can't honestly say I've read anything by him before, but want to give him credit for for the thought and the idea that we're talking about so um and the article was about the browns uh ceiling and floor this coming season. Mm-hmm. you know what he thought was the the most games and and the fewest games that that they that they might win, so don't know if either of you guys saw this. Um if you weren't scanning a bunch of news items today, you probably missed it. So
4: yeah.
2: I, um, so anyways, I I thought I'd let you guys both throw out your numbers first and then I'll let you know what he what he had. So so Joey, let's start with you. What what do you see as the Browns ceiling? You know, the most wins you could realistically see this team, or the most wins unrealistically you could see this team winning, however you want to look at it and and then the the fewest
1: uh I personally think the brown ceiling is probably twelve,
0: okay, and what do you um, think what do you think about the floor
1: floor eight I mean there's some easy game easy well I shouldn't say easy games' because no game's easy for the browns. They like to make things difficult. But, I mean, there's definitely yeah. some games on the schedule that should, you know, just be an easy win off of just on paper. On paper. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. That paper might change over the months, but as far I mean, as ha- which games are easy. But, yeah, no, I, I agree with it. Yeah.
1: I have said the Browns are... I don't think they'll win the division, but I think they're gonna make the playoffs, and I think they're gonna be a wild card team
2: so how many wins do you think they need to be that wild card team? I'm
1: thinking eleven
2: okay i yeah, I would agree with you there so so you've you have twelve as a ceiling and eight as a floor correct so. Yeah. That's I mean that's uh that's kind of narrow as to how many, you know, wins I'll have. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um Jeff. What I'm a little do you think? L-
3: little less optimistic, I think. Um I'm going to go ceiling 11. I think probably the best we can hope for from a playoff perspective is that we do sneak into a wild card. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for us to win our division. Um, like we've talked Brad, about how the schedule is set up um, mm-hmm. front loaded in the division. Um, and I think our best football is probably going to be in November and December, not in the early months of the season. So yeah, best case scenario I think for this team this year is that, you know, we find our stride midway through the season win a bunch of games late and sneak into a wild card with 11 wins. Um, I think worst-case scenario, we probably end up around seven wins again um, because we have a lot of the same kinds of problems that historically this team is known to have. Um, issues with injuries, issues with the ball bouncing the wrong way, um, issues with players not playing you know, every snap or wh- whatever else might happen. Um, and I'm going to go with seven because I don't even want to think about what it would mean if it's less than that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think you guys are right around where I would I would go. I would I would like to think that twelve is possible. I mean, for for them to win twelve, everything has to go right. You know, they have to get some bounces. Um, Guys have to stay healthy. Um, They have to start out pretty hot at the beginning of the season, and not you know lose. Two or three out of the first four, uh, right. Things like that, and you know, if all if all that stuff happened, I, I could see them going twelve and five. But that's pretty much, you know, if they just have a magical season. Um, you know, I, I realistically, that's you know, that's the chances of that happening are, are pretty slim because something's, you know, stuff happens during the season. It just does. Right. So. Yeah. So, but I see that as, I see that as the ceiling, the floor. Yeah. I mean, it, it's right around where you guys say, and you guys are right around where, uh, where Aaron Becker, you know, the, uh, the writer of the article said, he, he said, um, the ceiling was 12 and five and the floor was seven and 10. Okay. So so pretty much agreed with both of you guys. So,
3: yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so agree. you're gonna,
3: I, You're going to go with 11 and a half and. Seven and a half.
2: If I was to do an, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would go, I mean, I would say their ceiling is 12. I mean, I I just, for me to, <laughs> to say that their ceiling would be 13, that would pretty much be to ignore the beginning of the schedule. Right. You know, and I can't do that. So I, I think they could win 12, but I think it would be a challenge. Right. Right. And I just I think there's too much talent on this team unless there's just a rash of injuries for them to win less than seven. Yeah, agree. I just I just don't see it. So that that leads us into into expectations um, for this team and. I see some headlines as I'm scrolling through, and and a couple of these, I think these are from talk shows and that, but, you know, a couple of these headlines. Um, here's one. Browns have to win 10 games, no more excuses. Sure. Um, that's one. Um, second one, and, and this might be about the same show, I'm not sure. Browns are out of excuses. It's time to win and win big.
4: <laughs>
2: okay, so... I guess you know i just I just want to talk about expectations with you guys and kind of try to figure this out you know um, to me, expectations kind of mean that if when you put expectations like this on a team that that if they aren't achieved, you're requiring something major to change with the team, right um. Those are the kind of
3: headlines you write if you want to be the guy writing headlines about how the coach needs to be fired in week three.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so, you know, I guess guess my question is, is when are expectations appropriate and what do you base expectations on? Um, Do you base them on wins? Do you base them on you know the tenure of a coach? Uh, do you yeah. base them on players you've signed? Because guys, I I looked back and you know in the last the last six Super Bowl winners, you know, and this this is what people are talking about. You know, they they want they don't want the Browns to just win ten games, and, you know they <laughs> people want a title. You know,
3: right? Thanks um, to riches.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so the last. Um, the last six winners, you know, it's Chiefs, Rams, Bucks, Chiefs, you know, Pats, um, Eagles, you know, in, the, in that order. And I just, you know, I, I was looking at over the past five years, the records of these teams and. The Browns, if you go back five years and that's going back to, to Baker's rookie season when they went seven, eight and one, you know, so that's the the season after one and thirty one. Um. You know these five seasons, and that includes the eleven and five playoff season with the big one you know in the playoffs uh the browns are thirty nine forty two and one <laughs> um you know it's a whole heck of a lot better than one and thirty one we've we've yeah. had some good football to watch
4: yeah
2: um we're not we're not a laughing stock uh, we've had we've had some big ones to celebrate as a fan base but the chiefs over that time period are 64 and 18. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the Rams who I think won five games last year, they're, they're 49 and 33. And, and the Buccaneers who, who had that one magical season pretty much with, with Brady in there, they're even, they're 44 and 38. You know, they even have a, you know, a, a pretty decent record, you know, not like, not like the chiefs, but, um, so I guess I'm, you know, kind of wondering, you know, when you look at this record, (laughs) how do you make that jump Mm -hmm. with the expectations? So I've said enough, I want to get input from you guys. So, so Jeff, let's get some of your thoughts.
3: Well, we talked last week about the Bengals, um, You know it's right to have high expectations for them because of what they've done over the last few seasons. Um, I think until the Browns establish themselves as a winning organization consistently, you've just illustrated why it's ridiculous to to think that they can contend for a championship. Uh, It just doesn't happen that way. I mean, yes, there are teams that that turn themselves around every year. It yeah, happens
4: but,
2: occasionally, but yeah, right, it's not the rule.
3: Right. But the 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 championships are based on teams who are there all the time, who win consistently, who have the best records in the league. And you got to get there and you got to be there for a little while first, you know, to have those kinds of expectations. Our our fan base is pretty unrealistic about expectations. We we think we're going to the Super Bowl every year no matter how crappy the, the roster is. But mm-hmm if you look at it from an arm's length, the way you get there in the NFL is you build a solid roster and you win year in and year out, and then you challenge for a championship. So for me, we're, we're still two or three years out from thinking that we can win a Super Bowl. That's where our expectations ought to be set. We ought to be setting them at, okay, let's, let's have an 11 win season. Let's have a 10 or eight, nine or eight win season, but let's, feel good about how we got there let's let's beat some good teams um let's not be stupid in how we lose all those things that you know take you out of being like like you said being considered a laughing stock right um yeah so yeah i i i think we've got at least two more years before our championship window really opens up it's got to be at least two more years
2: so, Joey, let's, let's get your thoughts. Is is it realistic to to think about a
1: championship this season? Um, I don't think this season. I think we need to, like Joe said, kind of establish some things first. Um, I think we need, for one, to have consistent play on both sides of the ball. Um, every year it seems like one side plays better than the other, and that's one thing we need to – have a better expectation of, you know, this year we went out and actually got a defensive coordinator that has had a great track record in the past, um, in my opinion. And I think it should play to the players, uh, personalities, especially miles Garrett. Um, but no, I think I would probably go, you know, a two year window. Um, I want to go anytime after that, because once you start, doing that that's when you're getting in my opinion past expiration dates on my or not expiration dates but starting to expire maybe miles or um mainly Nick Chubb especially being a running back you know you don't see many good running backs once they get up into their 30s this is true there are some
2: people that that Think the Browns would be better by training him now, but we don't. We don't acknowledge those people.
1: No, I think <laughs> those people are probably the same people that want to resign Cream Hunt. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, yeah, you make a good point. Um, I mean, yeah, your your uh, your core can change over that period of time, so it it puts, I, I guess, the longer the time period to get to that, 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 uh, window where you feel like you're able to contend for, you know, whatever it is, a couple, two, three seasons, you know, the more, the more, uh, pressure, I guess you're putting on your GM to, to keep the core together and to add missing, you know, the missing pieces each season. But, you know, I think we have a pretty good GM, too. So, um, you know, I, I feel like even if we did lose some pieces, I, you know, it seems like he's pretty capable of, uh, you know, of adding players back in. And we, the Browns are going to start getting some number one draft picks back, you know, or, or not getting them back. Um, they will start having some first-round draft picks after after next season. Is that right? Or one more there. The, one, one more draft. Yeah,
1: yeah. More. I think they traded twenty-five away, so they would have to get next year. Would be twenty-six, I believe.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think yeah. I, th- I think they'll have some first-rounders as. You know, as that uh, window starts to, you know, get out there and you have some contracts going to where they can kind of kind of retool in some other ways, too. So, um, but, you know, I mean, you have to you have to think if if a guy like Miles does get away or a guy like Nick Chubb does get away, um, that's freeing up a lot of money, too that you can do other things with. And I'm not saying that it's favorable to let guys like that go, but worst case, if it does happen, you're, you're probably adding a compensatory pick um, and you're, and you're freeing up a lot of cap space too. So um, with a good GM, you're going to, you're going to find a way to keep things going because you, you have other guys around them. So, so you can't really look at, Oh, we only have, you know, this period of time because that's when
0: our players contract's up I think you have to have some faith in your GM too right
1: so I do uh, think it's go ahead oh sorry I was gonna say I do think it's to uh, that point it's about the GM that I think it's helping out a lot that he's making Cleveland a destination like I feel like a lot more free agents are coming Look, giving at least Cleveland a chance. And I think, you know, our front office and I think having Stefanski in as a coach compared to the coaches in the past and the front office in the past is a huge reason why I think the Browns window instead of it being five to seven years or five to 10 years away from now is a lot sooner.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you. Let's get. I want to get your thoughts on this, Jeff, because um, Cleveland being a destination. First of all, do you believe that um, some of the, the free agents that have come to Cleveland have they come here because they want to be here? Um, has it been because of the contracts, or has it been because they want to be here for some other reason? You know, the players the coach, um, the defensive coordinator. Um, what What are your thoughts? And we'll kind of just look at this offseason in particular.
3: I'm going to give you the the first three reasons that, that players choose to come to Cleveland. And these are in order, okay? Number one is money. Number two is money. Number three is money. Yeah, <laughs> <I> would agree. <laughs> we pay more than every other team in the league to get free agents to come here Um, because of our history. I mean, the, the next biggest factor for players is winning, right? They want to win championships Um, and the, the chances of us doing that anytime soon are remote. So unless you're throwing bags of money at guys, they're not coming here because, you know, we have beautiful beaches or, you know, (laughs) because, because, you know, they, they love our, you know, our stadium or our our training room or whatever, or coaching staff. I mean, all teams have that stuff. Um, So we need to, we need to win to change that. And, And then I think Cleveland becomes a destination. I mean, if, if Philadelphia can be a destination, Cleveland can be a destination, right? But it's about winning.
2: This is true. Um, yeah, but I'm trying to think of of the contracts. I, I mean, I know uh, Dalvin Tomlinson signed a real big, real big deal. Yep,
3: 57 but do you, million.
2: Yeah, but do you feel like the Browns had to overpay for the other guys, or are they pretty much paying market price? like a lot of the other teams because several seasons ago, I agree with you that Cleveland had to pay more than just about anybody else to get somebody to come here. Right. I just don't know if that's improving at all.
3: Yeah. It's probably getting a little bit better. I mean, there've there been some guys who, who have said, you know, I, I want to play with Miles Garrett. I want to play with Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, so so I'm sure we're we're starting to see a certain amount of that because of the, the quality of our roster. Um, yeah. But it's not like anybody's taking, you know, discounts to come here.
2: No. Do you agree with that, uh, Joey, as far as the money goes?
1: I think, yeah, I do. I mean, I think they're maybe paying a little over market price. But, I mean, when we're signing somebody to a five-year X amount of dollar deal and then you turn around and two years goes by and that deal we signed that player – the next closest player to him is signing a, that same deal, but it's $60 million more. I mean, I think the Browns are just setting a lot in the stage. Like, I feel like they set the quarterback market, and you see all these teams paying, you know, outrageous amounts for that now.
2: Um, yeah, the Browns definitely, uh, definitely set the quarterback market. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here thinking about other podcasts and how often they are slandering Cleveland when they're yeah. talking about what their quarterback's being paid.
4: Right. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I bet, I bet it's a, I bet it's a riot. Yeah. Just listening to it. Um, But yeah, that, that is one example where the Browns paid, paid extra or paid a ton of money. You know, I don't know if they, Um, I don't know if that deal gets done if they don't, pay all that and do that guaranteed deal for, for Watson.
4: Yeah.
2: You know, that's probably the prime example of it. Um, but some of these other deals, I, you know, I don't know if they're all like that, especially with the defensive guys who probably some of them probably did want to come and play with miles. Um, so we're probably willing to take, you know, something a little closer to the market rate,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but not a discount. No. <laughs> no.
3: I mean, if you look at look at the safety market, I mean, um, Jesse Bates cashed in, okay. Um, but if you look at everybody else, um, you know, Juan Thornhill got a deal for seven million a year. Um, Von Bell got a little bit more than that, and everybody else is is below that. You know, so so even though we kind of felt like that was a, a fairly good deal for us. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, still a a top three free agent deal, (laughs) you know, for, for safeties, Um, uh, Tomlinson top two, you know, so we're we're having to pay at least going market rate to get guys to come here. And I I don't see how that changes until we, you know, establish ourselves as a a place where guys want to come to win.
2: Um, yeah, I would agree with you, but I, I also think the browns they added some some of the top players too, well sure yeah. so um yeah. because in order to do that you
0: know you say
3: what you will about about our ownership, um, you know they have ponied up for some big contracts they have they have yeah, um
2: yeah, I just I think Tomlinson and you know um yeah, I, you know i just i just don't think he was gonna sign anywhere for for probably less than what he got so
0: um
2: he he knew his market so so yeah um guys i think it's time to break out the browns and Cleveland sports trivia
4: <laughs> okay i
2: <laughs> haven't done this in a while we haven't done this in a while so we'll do a couple questions here before we before we close up
1: hopefully it's uh post 2000 because that's all i may know <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: we'll try to give you some softballs here uh. um yeah joey let's let's go with this one I need to hold this by the light jeez where's my light where's my staff give me give me some light
0: guys um, <laughs> um
1: Yeah, no, you're not gonna know that one. Oh, <laughs> well, you could try. I may, no, I may okay. know some, I mean, I do know some, so we'll just give it a shot.
2: Okay. Um, for which high school football team did Ohio State legend and NFL star Chris Spielman play?
1: I have no clue.
2: <laughs> Jeff, do you want to know? Do you know that one?
3: I'm gonna
2: go with Maslin. It was Maslin.
3: Yep.
0: Very good. Okay. So, what do you need, Joey? Two thousand? I don't. I think these cards are older than that. I'm not
2: <laughs> sure. Um, some of the most of the questions are. Now, I've only had the cards for a few years, but um, let's see. Let's see if you know this one. From 1986 to 1993, what head coach led the Cavs to five playoff appearances in his seven seasons?
1: Uh, and I have ban- banners hanging up in my basement right now with those ears on it. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And, yes, that was
2: a Cavs question. This is a Browns podcast, but this is Cleveland right. sports trivia. Cleveland trivia. Absolutely.
1: Um, Actually, I know this one because he was an ex-player for them. Point guard, I believe, Lenny Wilkins.
2: That's correct. That is correct.
0: Okay. I think I've read that card on the show before. Hmm. Like two years ago. Um. Well, that one's too hard. I didn't even give that one to you, Jeff. Um, um, yeah,
2: okay. Okay, I'm just going to read this one without going through and trying to figure out if you know it or not. And, Jeff, in 1947, <laughs> what Indians outfielder broke the color barrier in the AL the same year Jackie Robinson first suited up for the Dodgers in the National League?
1: Larry Doby.
2: Larry Doby. Yes.
1: I I knew that one. Okay. Yeah, everybody should that know good.
2: that one. Everybody should know it. I just when I started reading in nineteen forty seven, I thought it was gonna be a harder question than that.
3: I tried to come up with one that was before my time.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: just to keep so, it fair.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, Joey, you're going we'll go with number with A here. What
2: Browns head coach, head coach's stint lasted just one season as his team went four and twelve in two thousand thirteen. That could be almost anybody.
3: Wow, that could be a lot of guys.
2: Jeez. That's oh. a tough one. <laughs> that's too hard.
1: I'm thinking I'm of the with... la- last dozen coaches we've had. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I think I know this from right.
0: Go ahead, Jeff. Was it Chud? Chudzinski, yes.
1: I was off. I was going to say uh, Mike Pettini or whatever.
0: Mike Patton, yeah.
2: Yeah. I would not have gotten that one. Um. So uh, uh, he was
1: he was fourteen.
2: Yeah. What Browns linebacker went on to star in NBC's Saved by the Bell? The college
0: years as resident director, Mike Rogers.
3: Oh, my gosh. Now now you're into pop culture, which is not my area. Well,
0: let me read this again. <laughs> uh,
2: what Brown's linebacker and nose tackle went oh. on to star in NBC's Saved by the Bell, the college right. years, as resident right. director Mike Rogers?
3: Now, now I know. Okay. You got this one, Joey? Nope, it's all you. Okay, Bob Golick. Bob Golick, yeah. I don't know what.
2: Yeah, I remember Bob playing a lot on I'm, linebacker.
3: I, I might have seen a few promotions for Saved by the Bell.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I didn't remember that. Until. I don't think I
3: ever watched that show. Yeah, I didn't either.
2: Okay, Joey, this one's yours. Okay. What, what Browns receiver said, most definitely, I should have caught it, about a critical third down play in the, Brown, in the Browns' January 2003 playoff loss to the Steelers?
0: Oh, I could
1: pitch the play, too.
0: It's after 2000.
1: Hmm. I was three. Not (laughs) even three yet. I was like two and a half.
2: (laughs) Jeff, any Uh, idea? Oh, gosh. These are not easy questions. Going
3: back on this one. Um, Hmm.
1: I could could picture the play, too.
3: Yeah. I think you stumped me on this one,
1: Rod.
2: Dennis Northcutt.
4: Ah, okay.
2: Okay, we got time for a couple more here. Um, What 2008 film
0: tells the tragic story of Syracuse University and Cleveland Browns running back Ernie Davis? Hmm. Just a side note: I have this movie on DVD.
2: I've never watched it. <laughs> it's like on my list of things to do that I never get to. I
3: think I know this. I, I think I know it.
1: I don't. You can go first, Jeff. See if I'm uh, wrong.
3: Was it the Express?
2: Called the Express. The Express. The Ernie Davis story.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll just do these four, and we'll call. I'm surprised
3: them. I knew that one.
2: Okay, what what Barberton Native and John Carroll Grad was briefly the youngest head coach in the NFL when he took over the Denver
0: Broncos in 2009. Um going to be a head coach again this season. <sighs> This is a or he's yeah, he's currently a head coach. I think he will. Yeah.
3: Gosh, I'm drawing a blank. This is a second generation guy, right?
2: No, it's not. No? No. He was actually he was actually head coach. He took a head coaching gig last year, I should say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know but this one. Josh McDaniels. The
3: Cleveland really?
2: Guy. He's from Cleveland? He's from Cleveland,
3: yeah. I missed that part. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, what Beatles Beatles song served as entrance music for Indians reliever Steve Olin as a tribute to his sidearm underhand delivery? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: Joey, any any thoughts on this one? I know. uh Steve,
3: Steve,
2: Steve you even know the name Steve Olin? <laughs> Steve Olin and the Beatles are both before your time.
1: Right. Uh, I'm sure I have a baseball card of him from my dad,
0: yeah. but <laughs> thinking
1: yeah. of the Beatles and their songs, if I would, it, I'm just throwing this out there. Is it Yellow Submarine?
2: It is Yellow Submarine. That,
1: Yellow that's how you sum- play games like this.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, the the answer is right there in the clue, just like yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah, that's right. I, speaking I of Jeopardy. Jeopardy, did you did you notice did you see tonight's Jeopardy episode, Rod? Um, there was actually a Cleveland question in the sports category. I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah, it was. Um, what is the fan base called that that uh, sits in the end end zone? Uh, something to that effect. It was yeah, the dog pound. I don't think guys,
2: We had Jeopardy on. The Jeopardy we had on was a repeat. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if our station was messed up. I don't remember seeing that one, though.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, guys. Last one. What Browns cornerback was named to four straight Pro Bowls in the 1980s all-decade team after getting his start in the USFL?
4: <laughs>
2: you want to let Joey start on this one, Jeff? Sure. Because Jeff Frank knows
1: him. Uh, I only know like.
0: Huh? Yeah, I have no clue. Okay. So, Jeff, you want to give him the answer?
3: I'm pretty sure it's Frank Minifield.
2: It is Frank Minifield.
3: Yes. Uh, I knew it wasn't Hanford because he was a draft pick.
2: Yeah.
1: That's what yeah. I, I was going to say Hanford.
2: Yeah, he was a draft pick and Minnefield started in the USF fall. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. You guys
2: did pretty good. I mean, those were not um not bad, those huh? not easy questions, some of them. So,
1: yeah. 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 Nice. Now I have to go study like I'm back in college. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just we just we we learned this stuff over time, Joey. It's osmosis, you know, just from being immersed in the cleveland sports scene for so long
1: and from watching
3: games i mean we right you know
1: see, we, um, see but you guys had better cleveland moments so far in your compared to me well that's very true well yeah i, I mean, mean i had just the browns for 20 years and they haven't been anything special as of well, late we got to watch Maybe them in the 82
2: seasons you know yeah. We got to watch them in the eighties. So I mean we got some heartbreak with that, but we got to see some great teams and some great players too.
3: You, so. You've you've been, you've seen some good basketball, you've seen some good baseball along the way. It's just the football team has let you down. And that's the thing. I'm the have
1: a bigger football fan than anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. I don't even get the tri- I don't even get the Guardians games anymore. So
4: Yeah, I mean.
2: Yeah, I, I don't uh, yeah, I don't get Guardians games down here very very rarely do I get to see the Guardians play. That's mm-hmm. unfortunate, but yeah. So so uh yeah guys, let's uh, let's get some closing thoughts and um and we'll uh we'll get out of here. So uh so Joey, we appreciate you uh we appreciate you coming back. I mean after after three years, I mean for almost three years pretty cool to have you back and, and talk again. So, uh, so yeah, maybe, uh, you know, maybe next time we won't, we won't wait quite three years.
1: I was going to say, let's not keep it as long as I because <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy coming around and, you know, just yeah. talking <laughs> sports. So
2: Sounds good. Um, any closing thoughts you want to leave, leave the listeners with?
1: No, I, I hope it's a good year for all. And if everybody goes to a game this year to have fun, Um, But hopefully the Browns are something special and they don't uh, leave us crying every Sunday mid-afternoon or Sunday mid-afternoon, even Mondays. End of
2: Monday or or later. (laughs) Let's hope not. The
1: whole seven days.
2: Yeah, let's hope not. So that's Joey Myers. You can follow him at JPM63504. Jeff, do you have closing thoughts for for us tonight?
3: Well, last week, Rod, we talked a little bit about who some of the surprise cuts were, and you know, maybe we'll spend a little bit more time on this in the future as we get closer to picking a roster. But I just want to put a couple of dark horses in there early for guys mm-hmm. that I think might make the team that people really wouldn't expect to have them make the team.
4: Sure, um,
3: and they're they're both um, UDFA's. Um, uh-huh. obviously, okay. obviously, I mean, last year we just had one UDFA make it, um, in Bell. Um, but I think this year, Ronnie Hickman is going to get that fourth safety spot. And that's probably not a big reach. We, we need a fourth safety and he's probably mm-hmm. the guy with the most talent. Um, but the guy that I'm, I'm going to make my dark horse to make the roster is, uh, Muhammad Diabate. I think Jacob Phillips gets cut. And they probably keep either Adams or Kanashic as a special teams guy. And Diabati's got a huge amount of upside. So if he has a great camp, I think he's got a good shot at making the linebacker room. And that would surprise some people.
2: Yeah. Is he, is he one of the guys they they paid a decent bonus to, to sign? He does, yeah, he does have so. a
3: quarter million bucks in guaranteed money.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, that, that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't no. surprise me.
3: Um
2: Yeah. Some some guys like Jacob Phillips. I mean, it it just it depends how the Browns see it. Yep. You know, so it's do they see that Jacob Phillips just hasn't been healthy enough to show what he can do, or do they feel like they've just been waiting too long on him?
3: Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll check back in a few months and see if either one of those guys ends up on the roster.
2: I I like the picks. Definitely like the picks. So 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 that's uh, that's my brother Jeff. You can follow him at Sloop Doggy Dog if you dare. (laughs) (laughs) and this has been the browns blitz we thank you for listening and we will catch you next time